Welcome. Hey. Thank you. It's right here, man. It's amazing. Uh, welcome to my conference, of course. Thank the you very much. Yes. Al Stalio and his beautiful guests. <laughs> Indeed. You know, actually, to be fair, we haven't been online for a long time, so it's, it's good to actually finally be getting back into the swing of things. I'm trying to get back into it because I just mm-hmm. I don't have the time, you know. I think a lot of things have changed since, yeah. well, I don't know how to say it. It's, like COVID's kind of lifted off again now, isn't it really? It was on the ground for a little bit and now it's kind of lifting back up. Yeah, it's seeping back into the public consciousness. I think yeah. Now, so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I don't, actually, I think in, in the UK, it's kind of nice. Sort yeah, of. We're, we're still at a kind of okay-ish level. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of paranoia and unrest with people. So I've, I've seen a lot of, a lot more people wearing masks in the last few weeks but yeah. I, I think media has a part to play in that as well so of course yeah so where we are in europe that we're basically but well, some countries like austria mm-hmm. they've gone into full lockdown again yes i heard and you that. know there's a, the whole idea is it's the um how do they say it's the pandemic of the unvaccinated that's what they're calling it yeah which i think is really horrible that's it is it, it, it feels True. awful with the media, but I think a lot of things feel awful with yeah. the media right now. So, yeah. yeah, that's definitely another podcast. Yeah, <laughs> like definitely. one of the, same, the media and how it hurts people. <laughs> yeah, man, definitely. So, yeah, we've got that going on. And here, obviously, in, in, in Germany, they're starting to ramp it up a little bit more now. And, and and really taking everyone's liberties away, which is which is kind of unfair if you ask me. Regardless if you're vaccinated or not, I was putting across a few people. I was saying we should all try and stick together on this one and not mm-hmm. like these let not let these guys, these imbeciles in power, um, tell us what dictate to us how we can live our life, you know, and mm-hmm. what risks we can take, you know. Because when you think about it, basically, um, we take risks every day. The moment we leave our house, we're taking a risk. You know, we cross yeah. the street, we run over. You know, there's no point. All this extra security is is it's a bit too much. I think it's a bit too much. You know. Yeah, because I think lots of people have completely different opposing opinions. Everyone, it just seems so um, divisive. divisive. Yeah, divisive. Even yeah. about vaccination or not, pandemic versus yeah. well, it's just another part and parcel of the yeah. health issues. But I think it it would feel extreme if every car was getting stopped and checking if there were seatbelts on. So we have that in place. People are supposed to wear seatbelts. It prevents risk. Some people choose not to. Some people ignore that annoying beep that comes when you haven't got the seatbelt on. But that's their choice. And Mm. I couldn't imagine it feeling okay if we were stopped every time, every car journey and every car to check if that belt was on or not. (laughs) <laughs> kind of so, feels like that yeah. doesn't it it feels like yeah. it's going to get to that that they're going to put up set up roadblocks and check every single mm-hmm. person with a, with a test to see if you know for this simple thing you know it's actually I had the um, luxury of listening to the confessions of a GP okay okay I, I love the way you put it because he was like yeah most of the time because of the media 
everyone feels mm. like they're going to be taken down by the next big thing. Yes. But fortunately for us, the most people are in the majority and are healthy and, you know, doing all right and won't be affected by anything that's going around or apparently according to the media. Mm. So that's it. We're the fortunate majority. You know, there's yeah. always a minority that will get sick. This is just normal. It's the same as if you get, I mean, I'm pretty sure more people die of cancer. But mm. if you get cancer, you're still going to be a minority if you get cancer at the moment. It's not like everybody gets cancer, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No. Not everybody gets everything. And I yeah. think we have the privilege of, well, I say youth. I wouldn't necessarily call myself youth. I'm not but old. Being I'm not younger. Old. <laughs> yeah, getting older. But being younger to say that, to have it, it's not as uh, dangerous then. No. as for the older generation so <laughs> I, I think i perhaps if i was 65 75 maybe i would be a bit more fearful and maybe i would want to shout and scream at everyone and stop every car <laughs> you could limit my life stop so. <laughs> you know actually it's funny with older people isn't it basically mm. um you, they live their life reckless when they're young <laughs> And then they get them, to an age. Every single one of them. Yeah, well, not everybody, but a lot of them. Um, and then they get to an old age and like, oh no, now I've got to start being healthy. That's mm. like someone who drinks or smokes, you know, especially like if you think about our older generation, how many of them actually drank and yeah. smoked like yeah. excessively? Yes. A lot of them. A lot of them. It was the in thing. Yeah, it was the in thing back then, you know? Yeah. So, and they're the first ones now to tell us that we should be more careful about things when they were reckless, when they were young. And if you, if you think about it, we're probably on a good trajectory where most mm -hmm. people are getting more healthy than ever. You know, I think more people are more healthier than ever. Actually, they've got McDonald's now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in general, yeah, I won't even talk about McDonald's because I'm, mm. I'm completely guilty of that one. But um, <laughs> generally, we're living longer and seeing much better quality of lives than yeah. like you say the previous generations did but maybe it's that whole kind of you've been converted so then you're going to shout the loudest maybe it's that yeah, yeah. yeah i guess so yeah and i think there's been some people i mean i've not read in depth i've tried to kind of veer away from it in the last few months but i think there have been some people that were covid deniers let's say in yeah, COVID deniers, and yeah. then they've had it had really bad symptoms and yeah. then they've been the ones that will be shouting from the rooftops so yeah yeah <laughs> i think like for me it's always been a case of you got to pick a side and mm. regardless if i was vaccinated or not vaccinated i never really disclose if i am or not because i feel like it's nobody's business mm. um i would still stand on the um on people's freedoms personal choice side that's the side i'm standing on so mm -hmm. it's your choice to take it or it's your choice not to take it but I'm not going to hate you either way. And I think that's where I always stand. And I hope that yeah. people seem to, because there's a lot of people who obviously just have to, you don't have to look far and everyone's just mad at each other. Yeah, he didn't take it. He's denying his conspiracy theory and stuff. But to fair, just to touch on the conspiracy stuff, mm -hmm. everything they said, said two years ago, I don't know, man, but they were quite accurate there. So when does it actually <laughs> get to, when does it start being a conspiracy and starts being fact? Well, yeah. now, now it starts being fact actually. So, yeah yeah it's it, it's a, a difficult territory for sure and i mm. agree with you as well that it's nobody's business but yeah, your own, what business. you choose to do or not to do to your own even body. your even your medical condition isn't it mm. like i said i don't go around asking people if they've got 
hepatitis C or B or anything like this. I yeah. wouldn't even, wouldn't even dream of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so it I'm feels like what... people feel that they have uh, free license to do. Yeah, that. yeah that's it. That's really that's, bizarre. Yeah, that's that's crazy. But yeah, also guess... putting aside the the health aspect and the, the ill health and hospitalizations and all the records mm. and the statistics the fact of how you described it in being so divisive it feels in the uk at least i don't know about beyond that it's as divisive and inflammatory as brexit was like did yeah. you vote remain or leave yeah vaccine no vaccine yeah and people just being so antagonistic about it and you mm. must think my way i just oh i can't stop mm. that yeah i think so, yeah, that's... definitely just pro-choice and do what you feel is best is my yeah. start yeah, I think there was, um, it's interesting because I think that was one of the things you would never really ask back in the day. I think it was money, about your wage, and yeah. about who you voted for. There were yes. the two things you shouldn't ask. Mm. Obviously, um, medical history, you wouldn't ask that anyway because that's your mm. personal thing. Mm. Now people feel, free, you know, with the Brexit thing came the freedom to say, oh, say, who did you vote for? Yeah. Any business? Any business? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now it's everybody's business. It's everybody's and everybody business wants to dictate. Yeah. Hey, we shouldn't even do unless you're vaccinated, you can't get on a podcast with me, man. It's too close. <laughs> yeah. Look at your screen. Your screen's too uh, your screen is too close. I can almost touch you. Need some PPE. Yeah. You have you gotta take a test first, a negative test, please. Yeah. A PCR. Oh my god. Anyway, I so but I never get the, the acronyms right either. For that. PCR, what is it for something center? I don't know what it is, man. Something to do with I don't know personal corona. I don't know, man. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> it's a test. <laughs> yeah, it's a test. Yeah. So okay, we're so I mean we're trying to talk about like mental health and stuff like this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you reached out to me to join yes. the podcast, of course. And I hope that this is just the first of many podcasts we'll be doing together. You know, I really liked having you on before, you know, he's obviously one yeah. of the first people to start with us actually. So, you know, we've been going over a year now. We're, we're like almost a hundred episodes in actually. Is it? It's kind of, yeah, but it actually slowed down a lot. Like the family affair still runs. I think we're yeah. itching towards a hundred. I think we're about 98 or 99. And wow. Black Oblips seems to have stopped by 90 something to 94 or something. Okay. And I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find the time to do both. Cause like I said, my life's just taking a turn for the better. Mm-hmm, and I'm mm-hmm. no longer have to be online. I've got to do everything offline. But I'm trying to, it's also the same with sports. You know, since March, I haven't really been able to do much sports simply because my life's just been turned upside down with like being like busy stuff. Just making yeah. me busy. Yeah. So, family, lifestyle. Family life. Just, yeah, it's all consuming. Yeah, um, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's really crazy. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so th- that's where we are with the podcast. So, why let, tell everybody why you wanted to join, what your idea is, because uh, I think it's a yeah. brilliant idea. You reached out to me, and I, I would like you to tell us what it is. So, you know, no one thinks it came from me, actually. Came, well, a little bit, but more came from you. So, yeah, well, it's a dynamic work in progress, and mm-hmm. yeah, can I just say, I am feeling very blessed to be back. It's a great project to be part of, but I very much, I mean, we'd had a few background conversations, haven't we, where my interests and pursuits are around mental health and well-being, and I think a lot of that was exacerbated over this 
post-COVID era that we've been living in as Definitely. well, yeah. even for people that haven't been uh, directly health-wise affected, then physically affected, there's been the mental health and well-being aspect of that. But I think I started to read a lot of stories about people's like personal unique journeys through life. So not just COVID, but through their lives, through trauma, and just thinking like, wow, how do they get up in the morning? Because I think I wouldn't say I've experienced major trauma in life, some mm. small traumas and curveballs of life. But I just don't know if I were in their shoes, I could do what they done and there have been quite a few stories of that nature that had I'd seen and had inspired me and people that I still want to reach out to and mm -hmm. some I haven't heard back from but I reached out to you to basically say that I wanted to like unpick all of these survivor stories and yeah. see what's behind it try and like maybe bottle that formula sell mm -hmm. it <laughs> <Maybe> you know? <laughs> but you know? to unpick it and see what it is yeah you know, um, the thing is, I feel like trauma mm. is experienced like very individu individually. Yeah. So like yeah. something that you could deal with might like, like for example, my sister, for example, she's, mm -hmm. like I say, I would say she's mentally, she's not able to deal with that much stuff. Let's yeah. say like that. Uh -huh. um, and that's just her character. Whereas I don't know, my brother, for example, can com compartmentalize it better. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's what it is. I think um, when you say you don't know how people survive, I think some people are just able to survive. I think you could survive a lot of stuff too. I think some of your experience in the past, mm -hmm. like if you told me of some of your experiences, I might be like, whoa, yeah. you survived that, man. How? Yeah. But you're, you're like, uh, it was easy. Mm. You know? And then I say to you, I couldn't have survived that. You know? So I think it's just... You know, it's it's very individual somehow, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. I, I think it can be really personal. Yeah. But also I think sometimes it can change depending on where you are in life before it comes up. Mm -hmm. So for COVID, for example, and people that haven't been used to being isolated, so say there was uh, a leak in bath. I've had a leak in bath recently. <laughs> but say that happened. And pre-COVID, it was fine. They're in and out. They're doing so many things. They're going to their restaurant. They're seeing their friends. They're doing whatever. They're all happy. And then it's like, oh, yeah, just a leak and I'll fix that. Doesn't matter. I'll have a shower anyway. And then as soon as COVID happened, whereby all of us collectively had to be within the household, it's mm -hmm. exacerbated and magnified that this massive thing could then hit them so much harder yeah. because it's in their face. They're in completely different circumstances. So I think even through your lifetime, like divorce then, for example, that's quite a hefty thing. Exactly, I think yeah. if you're like 25, 30, 35, you could go through it and be okay. And, well, yeah, I've got, you know, plenty more fish in the sea. And then if you're 55, 60, you might feel like that's the end. Like, I actually think it's the other way around, to be fair. Do you? Oh, well, what makes you say that? I feel like, like I've just been listening to the um, Will Smith memoir, amazing oh, amazing okay, this guy okay. this guy's he's the only guy i think i've been nervous talking to one of the only guys <laughs> him and the queen even though i've not really got anything towards the world no Are you but i feel but if no but if i was to talk <laughs> if she was there in front of me i'd be like it's the queen man yo that's the queen i wouldn't be able to talk loud i'd be like it's the 
Yeah. See, I don't feel like I'd be like that. Maybe with Mariah Carey, though. Yeah, that's it. Um, actually, I completely forgot what you asked me. What did you ask me? I was saying... Um... Uh, when we were talking about... I it gave the example of divorce. So I oh, was yeah. thinking the younger aspect of yeah, that's it. relationships Fine. ahead of you. You're okay with that. But Thanks, then as yeah. you get older, it's like daunting in my mind and how I see it now. Yeah. So I feel like... Um... When you're young, because I feel like a lot of people, if you don't, I think there's two sets of people exist in the world. You're either going to meet some, you're going to marry your childhood sweetheart, mm-hmm. or you're not. That's it. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any in between. I think you're going to meet someone when you're 15, 14, 13, or whatever, and then get with this person, you're going to marry them and be a long time. Yeah. These are the guys, if he falls apart when they're 13, who are going to crack. And it's like, it's, my, it's the end of the world. This is, and that's pretty much what happened to uh, Will Smith. He didn't marry his childhood sweetheart, but he was with her from, from school. He was, yeah. I'm going to marry this girl, and he fell apart, and he cracked. He completely blew up for mm-hmm. him. It was no good. Um, so in this case, I would say, once he's had that experience when he was young, he'll have no problem later when it happens, because he's been there before. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. That's, that's what I would say it was like. Yeah. Um, and then, or someone who doesn't get with anybody... For, for example, it's probably played and got a bit more experience in life. When they get married at 30, like me, I got married at 30. Mm. Then, like, if my wife decides to leave me today, I've had in, I've had so many mini relationships and breakups. It wouldn't be wouldn't be easy. It would be much harder if she left. But mm. I, I still familiarise myself with it. I'd be like, okay, the girl's mm. left me before, or I've, left, I've had a breakup before, so it's not too bad. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's what it is somehow yeah. I feel like it's just a, it's experience thing really yeah and in a way like you saying that about Will Smith I kind of feel that it comes back to the personal and like yeah. you say how much it hits you at the time mm-hmm. because I feel as though through bereavement as well which is a yeah. major trauma and major yeah. trigger for some people but I think after my mom died four years ago yeah. And I think that at that time it was, I was obviously experiencing massive grief. Yeah. And I was really numb, really lost. Mm. But then after that, and as I started to heal, it was, well, what really in life could touch me? Like, that's the biggest thing ever. So yeah. I, I can't see how broken I could be from anything after that. Mm. So yeah, I sure. see where you're coming from in, in what Will Smith experienced. I'm actually, you saying that, um, like, fortunately, nobody close to me at the mm. moment has passed away. So I've never mm. had to really deal with that stuff. So it's going to yeah. be interesting to see, because that would be something that I'll have, I'll be a virgin, basically, with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Someone close to me passes away, it'll be like, okay, we're here now, that's it, we're here. What are we going to do? You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, like, you know, because the only thing you can hope for is that you go first and so you don't have to deal with it. <laughs> you just leave everyone else to experience yeah so um that, that's that's something um i'm not looking forward to it because well obviously i'm not looking forward to it i'm looking forward to it but i'm not looking forward to it because i'll always look forward to a challenge but i'm just also like please let everybody live as long as possible well, i'm also starting to prepare myself already because i realize you know i'm aware that i'm getting older everybody's yeah. getting older you know my mom's still alive and um, my dad 
My dad might pass away too. I think he'll probably go first, but I never had a close relationship with him, so it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah, no. so that's a yeah. different thing then. It yeah. might not necessarily feel like a trauma. Yeah, it would be sad, obviously. Yeah, I don't wish death on him, but no. yeah, it wouldn't be as much of a trauma because of the nature it, of the just, relationship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. So that's where we are, really. So yeah, mm. we'll see. Well, that was one of the main. I think that was the first story that I read. I, I think I sent you the information. There was a woman that I'd seen her on the news, reached mm -hmm. out to her, but her daughter was viciously murdered, and. Wow. she was still standing and campaigning tirelessly and just trying to make meaning out of what had happened but also mm. she just seemed to be so focused and so purposeful yeah. i was like taken aback by that yeah. mm. i always find it interesting when someone's kid's been murdered mm. and then there's obviously the trial and then the mum will go and hug the the what do you call it the the the, the defendant the, the perpetrator, yeah. yeah, the perpetrator, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I always find that interesting because that like, would be me with a knife in hand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. But these guys, actually, it was a big case once, and the woman said the first one. Then I hugged him. It was one of the was it two packs mom? No, mm. no, it wasn't two packs mom because they didn't really find who it was. But somebody, anyway, someone famous mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. famous ish. And did that, and I always find that interesting. Like, why would you hug the guy who killed your son or your daughter or yeah. anything, anything bad to you? Like me, I, I don't know, man. I'm too, you know, I'm too. I got too much ghetto in me for to do that. You know, I wouldn't be able to. Maybe when I'm older, or maybe when I'm fifty, I'm like, you know what? That's probably what he needed or she needed was a hug. Yeah, like maybe we'll understand forgiveness yeah. a lot more at that the more mature stages of life. Yeah, I, I yeah, definitely yeah. don't feel like I would have that in me now. I think yeah. I'd be more vengeance than forgiveness. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's just me being honest. <laughs> it's a, it's a um, God thing, I guess. Forgiveness. Mm. Yes, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people, if they are very religious, then even if they're suppressing that part of them that would be like me with wanting to have the knife in hand, mm. I think in following the religion, and being really devoted, they would do that. I think they would do that act without even acknowledging their feelings about mm. it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. So um, what else can you tell me about your plan? Yeah. So um, looking at traumas and people's elements of how they become a survivor, if they mm -hmm. become a survivor, or if they were almost a natural born survivor, like some people you see in life are natural born leaders. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering from what I've read and been looking at, are people natural born survivors as well? Is there some kind of resilience or survival gene that they've had within them? And then it's just been awakened at this time, they've experienced a trauma and then it's kicked in and they're campaigning and they're launching charities and they're doing all of these things but it's mm. always been within them. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, resilience. So I did have a few questions for you, actually. Oh, yeah, then shoot away. Yep. So my first question about surviving and being a survivor, Hugh Destiny's child, uh, who is or was the biggest survivor that you know? Ah, oh, my mother. Okay. Has to be. Has mm. to be. She had seven kids. Seven. Seven, yeah. 
seven. No, no, no fathers. None. Mm. Uh, I only remember one guy stayed around for a few years, and 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 that was it. Wow. Um, That's tough. <laughs> whether she was the problem, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This your mom. She's uh, I don't know. Yeah, she's lovely. I don't. I don't know. If she was the part. I don't know. You know, it just didn't seem to work out for whatever mm, reason. It didn't mm, work out. So, um, but through that, she had to survive a she lot. She had to survive. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, four kids for me. I'm like, wow, but seven. Ooh. Yeah, seven. Yeah, but she had like, and that's the worst thing. Her story is tragic. You know, she mm. lost her mom at a very young age, mm. and then by the time she was 15, she was already pregnant with the first kid. Mm. By the time she was 20, there was already four. So in oh, five wow. years, there's four, and she she pretty much moved into her own place at sixteen, and has been fighting ever since. Yeah. And and I remember back in the when we were young, so mm -hmm. we're talking the eighties. You mm. didn't get support like you do now. Like now, you mm. can probably have four or five kids and you'd be good to go. You know, mm. probably, actually, it's probably beneficial for you to have more kids today because the yeah. system's so somehow built to to have kids, not for mm. families. Mm. But back then, it was like if you don't have your kids, well good luck you know it was a bit more selfish back then and you didn't have yeah. money i remember times when we didn't have any food you know mm -hmm. it was just it was normal to you know for us to be hungry mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah it was a rough time it was a rough time and and we got through that you mm. know and none of us are in prison you know yeah. we're not all we're not all mentally good you know we're not all we've all got issues obviously as yeah. you would who hasn't yeah <laughs> from that but um just to um, add on to what you were saying a bit earlier i think everybody's got a survivor gene mm. in them or an or a survivor instinct i think it's the word yeah um, i feel like the your upbringing takes it out of you especially in this society that we live in at the moment there's no way most of these people would survive if things like for example the, the easy case scenario of us losing electricity for a week Mm -hmm. The first people to die, the people who've been pampered, you know. <laughs> Will Smith said in his memoir, I can't believe he said he hasn't cooked his own meal for 30 years. What? Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he'd wow. be the first one to go. He wouldn't be able to, he's got movie skills, but he'd be the first one to die. He wouldn't have to turn the kettle. You know? And, and that's why I always advocate us. Oh, my. Um, yeah. That's why I always advocate us um, teaching kids. Like I would say, Kids shouldn't go into school until mm. they're 16 to learn the garbage that's out there. Kids should be in a, some sort of training centre where they're learning survival skills, how yeah, to start fires, disaster thing. emergencies, you know, how to first aid, medical help, you know, medical stuff, how to, if you mm -hmm. spot if someone's having problems, learn how to swim, properly learn how to swim, you yeah. know, where you become warm with water. We don't, like in England, obviously, we don't focus on swimming as much. Yeah, um, whereas yeah. in Germany, everyone's a fish. Everyone's a fish in this country. Mm. Um, so when yeah, I that's came the in, funny thing. I think about ten years ago, they used to say kids can't be kids, but it's almost like we can't be human. Mm -hmm. I think in a society like you say that we live in now, it's fast-paced consumerism, capitalism. Yeah. What's your Wi-Fi code? But yeah. as you say, survival. Do you know what this fruit is? Do you know what this yeah. plant is? Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, that really should be taught. The first. Well. We the should first, be exploring it more, not teaching yeah, it. They should yeah. be discovering it and exploring it. Yeah. First 15 years of your life should be, I mean, the first five or six, you shouldn't even be at school anyway until you're like, like I teach piano kids piano. 
Mm-hmm. And some of my students are six years old. Mm-hmm. And they are, they've got no attention span whatsoever. <laughs> they, they've got no business being in school at six. No business, <laughs> no business. They should be out in the wild, finding out, like you said, plants and experiencing nature. And then from, from, from about eight to about 16, you should mm-hmm. be learning all the survival skills you need to survive if there was a disaster on this mm-hmm. planet. So, uh, floods, like you heard in Germany a couple of uh, months back in July, there's a huge flood. There's mm-hmm. a flash mm-hmm. flood, killed mm-hmm. only killed about 200 people. Okay, that's a lot of people still. Didn't need mm-hmm. to happen. But the flood pretty much came in in, a, in about 30 minutes it was there. And about, mm-hmm. about 30 or 40 minutes later it was gone. It was mm-hmm. a flash flood. Um, went up to about two and a half meters over your head. So mm-hmm. people weren't even safe in the second level of their houses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, weren't even safe. Um, I spoke to a guy, he told me that, yeah, he, kept, he went outside, saw the water come in. It was like, oh, I better put the laptop upstairs. Maybe he's going to get high. He said, he, like, literally the next second, the water was all the way up to like his, up to his um, shoulders. And, and he said he was lucky that the only thing that helped him was still quite fit. He's an older guy, but he was like, I'm still mm-hmm. quite fit. So if I wasn't fit, that would have I would have died then. That's what he My said to me. Goodness. Yeah, that, that was um, terrifying. That was recent. That was not so long ago, about two months ago. You can have a look on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember hearing about it, but I didn't look at the human stories behind yeah, it. Yeah, it was really it was pretty um, people were found in the in the basement, you know. People I don't know why you would think and the floods come in, go mm. lower into ground. I don't know why people would think like this, but for some reason, people feel like they need to go and save stuff in the basement. And the mm. flood came so quickly that people were still found in the basement and, and people were still found in their cars because they didn't get out in t- on time. Uh, mm-hmm. People were found mm-hmm. sleeping in beds, you know, or in the couch because it just oh. came and took them out. Yeah. Um, really, really sad. Really sad. So, I'm imagining that in the basements, it could have been the storage of, like the photos and the things that yeah, 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 but they're exactly yeah. photos, man. Hey, <laughs> save my yeah. life first, yeah, exactly. Yo. Save yourself, yeah. Oh. So, um, but wow, yeah. so but this is the thing if you if you teach people survival, mm, mm. like how to really survive, you know, not in most cases, you won't life will be loss of life will be minimum because mm. they would know what to do, but because we don't all we taught now today, most of us are just on this. On our phone, that's yeah. it, and that and that's that's terrible. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And from the sounds of what you say, it, it feels like more of a a physical survival. We don't know how to do that, mm-hmm. but then also the mental and emotional. It's like we need to protect ourselves from that, from the phone, from yeah. the media, yeah, from lots of things. Yeah, it's we need the physical and the mental, but it's like we're not getting it. Yeah. So basically, we're not from the outside. We have mm-hmm. to seek it and teach it ourselves. Yeah. Basically, first sixteen years, first mm-hmm. six you stay with your mom and your family, and you learn everything from your family. What you can learn. The next next eight to ten years, you go into training centers and learn everything about nature, how to mm-hmm. fish for food. If there's a, like really, if you're lost, how to how to navigate your way back home from the stars, all that mm-hmm. should be taught. Nothing, no stone should be left unturned when it comes to that. And then from mm. 16 to, because you learn faster when, you, when you're older anyway. I'm much smarter when than I was when I was 16. about what you're yeah. learning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if you know you've got a chance to do it, most people, when you ask somebody, yeah, why don't you go and study? Most people are already demotivated 
by the time they're 16 or 17, they go, oh, I can't do that. Yeah, I was always told I was bad in school. I'm not edu- I'm not academic, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, because they've already been emotionally back. Yeah, they've been destroyed. The yeah. yeah, so that that's all mental stuff. That's all the stuff that that, that school life in the system does that on purpose, or at least they built it. They built it. They just kept building on it, building on it, and now somehow no one really knows what's going on. There's ideas, but there's so much money going to different places that to to cut the let's say cut the spine or whatever the base, you'd have to cut off so many heads, and then everything would just fall apart. You know, mm. but that's what we—that's kind of what we need to happen now, so we can bring in a new system. Which, you know, th- this system can't work for much longer. Yeah, it won't work for much longer. It can't. We need to revolutionize the education system. Yeah, that's for sure. Definitely, definitely. Mm. And I think right. it was kind of like a, well, I want to say glorified because it wasn't very glorious until perhaps the last twenty years, if that. But mm. uh, I think it was a system designed to ensure that the workers could be at work. Mm-hmm. So we need this service to make sure that the children stay in line then. And yeah, yeah. They can't be sent to work anymore. So yeah. I think that, yeah. It's actually really <laughs> that interesting. That's a lot of the motivation for why the system became built as it was. Yeah. Mm. I think it's interesting as well because you saw with this pandemic, obviously a lot of people can work from home now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, which I always think was always going to be the way it's going to go. You're going to be working from home anyway. Well, yeah, but you'd be surprised at the amount of employers that I spoke to as a mum of four, um, well, previously not having four, but going to them and saying, oh, can I just do this at home? Knowing I have admin, knowing I have things where all I need to do is sit and type, but yeah. I'm not loving enough of to carry on with it for a day. And it's, no, we can't justify that. Yeah. And I can imagine the amount of not just mums, dads, caregivers out there that were like, well, you can justify it. It does work. It proves yeah now sure mm. and i don't know why they're just saying that because they want to monitor what you're doing that's all it's all controlling they just want to watch what you're doing it is it's is control yeah. micromanagement yeah the shit. yeah, yeah. Having, but having that's the way that system's set up the, yeah the having people system. on the uh yeah mm. and all that stuff that's all that's all rubbish it's just rubbish really mm. you can um like if you look at all the home businesses that run now when you sell stuff online to amazon you have to work the same Mm-hmm. The only difference is you get paid from people who buy your stuff. So that's yeah. the same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it works, it works. And people are going to be, maybe not everybody, but most people are going to be able to self-motivate and do their work. Because when your check don't come in, you'll be like, okay, I didn't get paid. Because yeah, you didn't work? Okay, I'm going to work. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay. Mm. All right. Flexible working does work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. Yes, the next one. What do you think is the key? Oh, I feel like you've already answered this, actually. The key to building resilience. So if we take it away from the physical then, because obviously you were talking about the Bear grill style camps for the kids. <laughs> so what do you think is the key then to build in emotional resilience? What would you say is your personal strategy? Emotional resilience. Mm. Um, I, I feel like this can't be taught. Emotional okay. resilience. I think this is something you have to get the experience. You have to, mm. you have to learn yourself. Yeah. I think this is the only thing you can't really, you can't teach, you can't prepare for stuff that might happen to you in the future. You know, mm. Mm. I, at least I don't think so. All you can do is probably listen to other people's stories and kind, of, kind of prepare. But you know, losing somebody or getting a big accident or going through a divorce or you can't you can't mm-hmm. learn that. <laughs> you just yeah. you know 
Ah, that's got a... to feel it and then react and respond, not react actually. Yeah, and I, go I, from there. Mm. Yeah, I had a friend. Um, I remember Frankie. Yes, yes. Yeah, he's a guy who I never, I never really understood him simply because, like, he'd break up with a girl and it'd be, it'd be so broken. It'd be the guy would be broken, like, and I'd be like, yo, dude. But then, like, a couple months later, you have another girl, and after they break up again, it'd be broken again. I'd be like, you, you, what's what's wrong with you, dude? So you wouldn't really learn him, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, I don't know. That sounds like that was bigger trauma than the person yeah, or probably, that he probably. was with. That, yeah, that sounds that's, like a lot of unresolved stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so... Think, but you don't think there is a key. You you think you experience life, and then it's unique, and you can't teach that. It's just within you, and you have to see what's within you as each thing arises in life. I think I think the most important thing is that you kind of have a support network around you, and people let you know you're going to be all right. I think yeah. that's the only thing that anyone can offer anybody in this, in mm-hmm. this case. I think anything else. Just can't be taught. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think, um, particularly in reflecting on losing my mom, I think support network is vital. Yeah. But also, I kind of feel like rituals are a thing. I've been reading bits and pieces and wanting to dig a bit deeper for this series for like yoga uh, and surviving. So, yoga, part of it, I want to go back to yoga, definitely. Mm-hmm. Keeping through movement, reconnecting mm-hmm. with nature, because I feel like especially for a lot of black people living inner city lives not being in touch with nature at all i don't think helps yeah yeah, sure we're not made of and meant to be in concrete all the time we're supposed to be in and around trees and leaves and water and connected but um also my daughter was talking about um her memories of uh, my mom and being at the house when the funeral was happening and she was like why did everyone come to the house and i was like well that's a caribbean ritual we just well i think i was saying to her i think there's some irish families and maybe there's some other cultures that do it but you kind of come people are gathering around the people that are the most bereaved and going through the grief but also you share in the memories so it's kind of like there's a bit of upliftment you're sharing food so you know that you're going to be physically nourished as well to be going yeah. through all the business that you need to go through yeah. and it's a like a ritual that carries you through mm. so yeah oh, no. i think rituals are key as well as the support network yeah definitely meditation too i think if you can get yes. meditating on your thoughts clearing your mind mm. Mm. yeah you'll be all right if you don't do that, I think a lot of people don't do that. I think a lot of people, especially in our community, would benefit from some yoga, from meditation. Mm-hmm. You know, before you're going to go out and shoot up the shop or go and get you, you know, get revenge on the on the, the, the rival gang, mm. sit down, meditate, go into yourself and, and, and find out what's really bug, bugging you, you know. A lot of it's just mm-hmm. unresolved, like it's a childhood trauma, mm-hmm. bad relationship with your parents, you know. Um, I've got a lot of reasons to shoot up schools, man. I have a lot of reasons. You know, mm. I've never done it though, but I would have enough reasons to do that. You know, mm. uh, a lot of stuff. You know, being bullied. You know, I got burnt when I was young. You know the story. Um, 
when I was one years old. So my life started off bad, just started bad. I lost three, almost half of, no, half of four fingers, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, and I was just picked on until I was like 11. So I had, had that to deal with. So got a lot of reasons to be mad, but yeah. I think I, I did a lot of like soul searching too. Traveling yeah, would be a so good you one. went with him. Oh, traveling yeah. as well. Yeah, traveling. You extensively I, I traveled. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that is one way which would really help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything mm-hmm. is traveling. I think a lot of people get stuck in their negative surroundings and their negative energy and energies and vibes. Yeah, and never leave and explore and find out what's out there. You know, like. Um, different places have different types of energies. I don't know if you have, do you travel a lot at all? Um, well, I've started to venture out again a little bit, obviously for children and everything else, but mm. I don't feel like I've traveled enough as I've wanted to. And I feel like since COVID, mentioning the C word again, that had kind of like stopped because I was kind of getting into a routine of saying, okay, I haven't got loads of money, but we can pick that place in Europe or do this. Mm. So then I was doing that once a year abroad and bits and pieces of British breaks. Yeah. And then obviously COVID stopped that. All our passports have run out. And I'm like, I need to get back into that routine. Far <laughs> out of it. But yeah, having to pay for testing and everything else is a bit of a deterrent. But I do find that travel, it just completely, it's almost like you're a new person when you yeah. travel. Yeah. And we went to uh, Disney World uh, a few years back. And okay. I was talking about that the other day as well. And I was reminding her of moments or being in places. And she's like, I didn't even remember that I said that. Like, was that a different person that said that? It wasn't me. But I think, like you say, it was that change of energy. Yeah. Things she wouldn't say. Try food you wouldn't try. And yeah. yeah, it's a real healer to be in a different surrounding to reevaluate yourself. Yeah. I also feel like you embody or you acquire a piece of that place like i always say Mm. like for me japan is one place where i'm like i I learned so much in this country about Mm. myself and and being like being the place where everybody respects you i felt only two places on the planet where i felt normal japan and um africa tanzania the only two places one because i fit in for the first time, I've, I felt like I, was, I wasn't I was the minority. I was like, hey, look, everybody's like me. This mm-hmm. is great. And, and Japan, because I never felt like anyone looked at me and thought, black guy, you know. Mm. It was more like, oh, they bow to you and they respect you as a human. And you're like, what the, this is nice, man. This is oh. nice. Um, so I always feel like if I was going to consider moving anywhere, mm-hmm. apart from Brazil, obviously, um, yeah, I was just about to ask you about. Uh, apart from Brazil, it would, it would it would probably be, probably be Japan because I feel like Japan, you know, you want to. It's got a lot of flaws. Don't get me wrong, but in Japan, you feel like that's the kind of respect you mm. want your kids to adapt to move forward, go with your family. This this okay. high level of respect was so nice. Mm. Um, I find yes. that really interesting because they have quite a, an intensive education system from what yeah, I've read. Sure. So I wonder why and how that works, though, because from what you say and how you're speaking about it, like the energy that you've embodied, 
mm. it sounds quite relaxed. So I wonder why and how that works. It's it's it's, it's weird. It's <laughs> it's a weird it's a weird country. Mm. Like you just like like I said, it's all down to energy. You go there and you're like, all right, Japan, all mm. right, and the people are really friendly and they're 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 gracious and they're respectful and you're like, wow, all right. Mm. And I think that's what I take away from that country more than anything. They are like robots though. They go to work, they go and work, and it's Lots all like I said. There's a lot Lots of flaws, of but mm. um, just the respect side of thing where I feel like ah, oh, here. Nothing bad can happen to you in this country, really. That's how it felt a bit. It's not true, but that's how it felt. So I'll be like, mm. with a family that I have, I would be like, I can take my family there and we'll be safe. We'll be all right. Okay. So you felt country. more safety there than Germany? Not where I live. Where I live is probably about as safe as it gets. Okay. Like, okay. like, like where I live is it's so safe here. Like, mm. I can... <sighs> You know, without going too deep into, well, I know things have been left out the front that are worth a lot of money, and nothing, nothing will go missing. Nothing. Mm -hmm, it's, mm -hmm. it's ridiculous, really. Um, so, it's, it's good uh, to have that safety net. It's like. um completely, it's completely safe. Yeah, it's it's too safe actually. I feel like I'm always like lock the doors, man. But you don't have to lock the doors. You don't have to lock the doors. That's the, the and you coming out then. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> lock it all down. Like, lock, just, just me, these guys will take something. <laughs> no one, yeah, no one will take something from me and nobody, nobody forget it. So oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, Would you say that they were resilient there then? What like the kind of mentality there? Or would you say it's just kind of shut emotions down? In in uh Germany in Japan. or Japan? Mm, in um, Japan. They've shut the. I think they've shut emotions um, emotions down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think. How do you see it in Germany then? Do you what do same, you see in same. Germany? I think I think Germany is the equivalent, the Japanese equivalent. No, the European equivalent of Japan. Okay. Okay. Germany, but I wouldn't like. I wouldn't want to live here. The thing is, in in one way, I live I live here, and I think man, I live quite. I live a comfortable life, and my life is comfortable. It's nice. I got like a detached house. You know, mm -hmm. and you know that's always the dream of every British person to have a detached house. You know, I have yeah. one. Um, no, no, uh, I have uh, several places to park cars. You know, we got two mm -hmm. cars, and so I live a quite a privileged life. But I'm not proud of it because I don't really care for it much. But it's like if if someone like was to come here, they'd be like, man, "You're doing all right, man. Really, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and and it's really safe. It's really mm -hmm. safe. You wouldn't. This is and that's all you want for your children. Yeah, this is about as high. This would be. The closest to middle class without being uh, like touching on on the first class, you know, rich being rich that you'd probably be is where mm -hmm. I am, you know. But I don't think about it, you know. It's not really interesting for me. Okay. Um, but but I do appreciate that I've got I'm safe. I'm really yeah. safe, and that's always something I think about when I'm like you know I'm going on a rant. I'm talking about yeah, I hate Germany. I need to go to Brazil because I know in Brazil. I could I would never be this safe in not in, anywhere. In depending on how much I think it depends on your bank balance, doesn't it? Okay. okay. Oh well depend well, yeah, it, yeah, in Japan I feel like I'd be this safe. I wouldn't mm. have the luxury I have here, but I would be safe in Japan. Mm, I think mm. in um I think in England too, I think in England you could you could get to I, I would like to I'd be interested to see a parallel version of my life if I would have stayed in England. If it would be like this, that would be interesting for me to see. 
Really? I think you could easily achieve that. I think it would just probably be at a greater cost. I, I think, think the cost of living is higher here. Yeah, I think, well, the, the issue in England, I would say, is there's a lot of jobs that don't pay well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot mm-hmm. of jobs that don't pay well. In Germany, if you just get, you could get any job and it pays well, you know, you're not, it's, you're not, you know, you can get a job now and you wouldn't be far off £20 an hour in Germany, mm. for example. So they value the workforce a lot Yeah, more whereas in England, I don't know, what's the minimum wage in England at the moment? I'm not so sure. I want to say it was nine, like nine. Nine pounds. Yeah, so that's where you probably stay. That's where most people will probably be earning the minimum wage in England. Mm. Yeah, yeah, most of the time you're not earning minimum wage. It, most of the time it's like two, three, four pounds over minimum wage, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I feel like here you make more money and then you could you could probably, as long as you keep good credit, you, as long as you live straight, you're going to have mm. a nice life in Germany. They make mm. sure people who, who live straight have a nice life. That's okay. Germany. In England, it's kind of, it always felt like me growing up, like when I look at all my, my friends and family, you know, I always feel like it's just a struggle. It's always a struggle. Yeah. You know, you're always like, okay, I need to find the next penny. You know? So you think it's perhaps systemically better then? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, mm. definitely, definitely. I wouldn't have the same. I would not. Like this house in England will probably be for free to between 300,000 and 500,000 mm-hmm. in England. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure with my education level, I wouldn't be able to afford that house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, no, because I'd probably have a job where you're probably making all right money. I'll probably be on like 12, 13 pound an hour or something, but you can't buy a half a million pound house in England. Yeah. No way. And they no, don't yeah. have the same class system either in Germany. And it's not like the working class or underclass, as they call it, as well. There's not that. Level think, of difference and divide. The thing is, I think I think it would be. I've just never been in it. Okay. You know, I think I've. I've, I've, I've you're, you're out of touch with it, then. I'm. I'm very out of touch. Yeah, that's the thing. I try and regain some of the because I am losing. I do feel like myself. Myself, I'm losing reality because I'm living in such comfort. But I try mm. not to do that. I try and hold on to. I know it's a struggle for people. I know maybe it's that's a, a project you need to launch then, like teaching piano to children in deprived areas. Mm-hmm. Well, you know there must plan. be some, just not near where you live. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? Plan is always to build the um, music school in in Brazil, mm-hmm. and that was kind of my plan to bring music over there and English, especially English and music, to Brazil. So yeah, you know, it's still a plan. It, um, my life is kind of taking that path anyway, but here in Germany. So it's like, oh no, it's giving me more chances to do this stuff here now. And I'm like, now I'm going to find it even harder to leave. <laughs> you want to live yeah. in the empire? It, maybe it's in your path, but yeah, you'll be yeah. in the empire. But yeah. yeah, maybe touching on and understanding those little survivors yeah. in the other areas. Maybe that's part and parcel of your path in Germany. Yeah. I think, it, I think it's... Um, for me, if like so I was always planning for five years, so it would be like two years now. I was yeah. planning to make my grand, my grandiose uh, exit from 
from Germany and be like, hey, mate, screw you. give me two middle fingers, like, I'm gone. I'll see you later. You stupid You're going to leave in dramatic fashion. Yeah, yeah I was gonna, it was going to be yeah, the climax of all climax. And, and now I'm like, oh, no, my life is kind of getting sorted out. You know, I've got all these opportunities open, all these doors open up for me, you know, and I'm like, no, man, no, you can't do this to me now. You could have done this, you know, but I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I know the plan. I'm keeping on the prize. I'm just like, okay, if it takes a little bit longer to leave, I'm going to set myself up properly here, make sure yes. I've got a, a nice packet to go to Brazil with now. That's it. I just feel like, okay, then I'm going to go to Brazil with a bit more than yeah. I have. Than I, now than I know I why you grew your hair. Because you're just going to like toss it as you leave. It's part of your dramatic exercise. Yes, this is. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it yet. It's that long enough. It's that long enough yet. I'm gonna, I, don't even, I don't know how. I don't know how much when you leave, it, it will be. When you leave, it will be. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to make it get any more longer than this. I can't even see, you know. Hello. <laughs> you have to start tying it up or something. Yeah, I did that before. I used to wear it up, but um, I really like this mm. do now. I look like a right okay. raster. I look like a yeah. rastafarian man. You feeling so, like you're touching the roots? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> back. back. It was always going to happen. It being in Jamaican, I was always mm. going to end up with dreadlocks. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's me beneath the wig. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you should go natural too, though, man. I'm telling you, you know, it you is should... there. It's there. It's getting there. I just needed yeah. to get it back to health and thriving. So it's getting to that point now. Now we, I think, didn't we have a talk about this once? And I, and I feel like, like me, like when I go in the shower, like when I take mm. this out now, yeah, and it goes to Afro. I remember, I think it was my sister actually. She was saying like, yeah, you know, I'm sick of my hair breaking off. You know how much hair I lose? I'm like, I'm surprised I still got hair on my head. I'm like, yo, <laughs> what is this, man? Yeah, like, I think it's a natural process to take <laughs> some out. Yeah, I got this big ball of hair. And I'm like, if I keep losing that every couple of weeks, but I have nothing left. It just keeps going back. It keeps going back. It's so full. I'm like, okay, good. So um, yeah, it is natural to have some breakage. Come on, yeah, yeah. and yeah, I think for me it was. I, I just didn't. I mistreated my hair so badly, yeah, and I'm pretty so. sure there'd be a lot of African psychologists out there that would be like, yes, you were trying to conform to the European stereotype of that relaxing it, dying it, like I did everything through high school. But that's, I think that's... I did so many things through high school where I was trying to change myself anyway. Yeah. So that was like body image. It's not your fault, though. Not just the hair. But yeah, through the last few years, I've been like desperately trying to grow it. But for me, it was like doing weaves and cane rows. That just didn't, it wasn't a good fit for my hair personally. Because mm. I know yeah. lots of people protective styles, but not every style works for everyone's head. So mm. for me, it was literally just leave it as an afro. And put the wig on it. And it looks so, but Afro looks so good, though, man. Hey, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's just it's coming, just coming to health now. So it's just getting to yeah, where almost where I need it to be. Mm. Yeah, you know that's another thing which um, I find interesting mm. um, because in England, obviously, it's the case of yeah, we don't like obviously you grew up for the system, yeah, and there was this kind of hate towards, especially when we was younger. So I kind of like yeah, you shouldn't be who you are. You should try and be us. Oh, you know, yes. try and be us, and that, that's yeah. what happened. Like, that's just it. to be black and be yourself is an yeah. act of yeah. survival right now, for sure. Yeah, um, I, I really admire those girls who would still walk around with an afro and be like, no, I'm me, I'm going to do this, I'm mm, doing this, I'm, mm, and they have the right parents. 
Funny thing is, like, you got like these um, what's the right term for it now? Mixed race. I don't know what is biracial, biracial dual heritage, whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They obviously the a lot of the times they have like the the European parents or the white parent, mm -hmm. and they encourage the mixed race girls to keep their hairs afros and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of a back door into our culture again. They're passing, they're giving us back our culture by giving these girls the right to the right passage to use the wear the natural hair. You know, yeah. Because I was talking to someone about my daughter because she's yeah. just entered high school, and mm -hmm. I was asking her and like, oh, do you want to straighten it? Not offering her, like, because mm -hmm. she was, you know, very much on the dolly diva kind of culture, and I'm mm -hmm. like. Oh, are you gonna do that? And she was like, "Oh no, I want to wear my curls." And I was like, "Oh yeah, like yes, <laughs> I can believe it." But it's—I I think it must be so difficult. It's difficult, like I say, it is an act of being a survivor and being a rebel to be mm. yourself unapologetically. Yeah, being black is just yeah. You are a standing beacon of being rebellious. But for her as a dual heritage child, I think mm -hmm. that must be confusing and maybe a little bit tougher because you've been pushed and pulled between the two. Yeah. Because for myself, I can say, yes, I was born in England, but I'm of Caribbean descent. Those are my rituals. Those are my practices. This is who I am. Whereas for her, it's, well, yeah, this is my mom. This is who she is. But then there's my dad and that's who he is. So there must be that push pull that is always happening for mm. children that are of dual heritage yeah. so yeah and for some of them as well if they're white passing i don't yeah. know if we would use that term now if that's not politically correct i apologize mm -hmm. but for those that are of uh, fairer skin fairer complexion and then feel as though they could assimilate to mm -hmm. look as though they're caucasian i think that must be even tougher like they yeah. must be, that must be really impressive yeah. but yeah going back to what you said originally about in our era and seeing uh, young women like that, I feel as though they must, like you say, have had the background at home whereby their parents were healthy, standing firm in their own convictions to say, yeah. be you, you are yeah. black, you be you and do what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. But I've met people recently, even since George Floyd, COVID, everything that we've seen through media and having so many more allies and people that would just be like, well, yeah, I'm going to stand out against racism, the white and Asian and everyone standing firm together. And I've met a lot of black people that are still like, oh, don't be too loud and trying to shrink themselves and have that internalized oppression of oh. themselves still now. And I'm oh. like, what? Like, don't play music too loud. Don't do this. And I'm like... <laughs> Seriously, now, after everything, you're still saying that? Like, yeah. people are still hurting and still damaged by so much of the heritage of what's happened. And I, I don't think what happened in America this week is helping any of that either. So, yeah. 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 What well, a world. Yeah. I think it's just when you've got, when you've got money to pay, mm. you know, the lawyers, I mean, lawyers, <laughs> they'll help you anything you know they'll help you anything yeah anything. but you know it's funny because I was discussing this with my partner and I try my hardest to just not read so much because I know I'll be so triggered yeah that generational trauma 
but I was literally like the system that is it stands on the back of racism and yeah. years and years of the fallacy of white supremacy. So mm. it stands and it upholds what it's meant to. So it serves its purpose yeah. until it's dismantled. It serves its purpose. Yeah. But all we can do is try and protect people, our own families and our communities to, yeah, survive, <laughs> to be resilient, you know, to survive. It's, it's funny, just to go on a side note, you know, this whole... Mm. I'm, I'm trying to figure out if, like, if we do this scenario, like, like if you look at the Asian community, for example, so like mm -hmm. I'm talking about like the Chinese people, the Japanese people who come to Europe, yes, and keep their head down, they keep mm -hmm. their head down, they're never really in any trouble, they just do their work. They, they, it's kind of like a silent takeover, actually, if you look at it that way. It's a, it's a silent takeover. <laughs> so they get their head down, they set mm -hmm. themselves up, and they always get like big jobs, you know, high-paying jobs to get. Soft sorted, you know, mm. and just pass by without anyone noticing. I just feel like if black people just take a little leaf out of their book, just a little bit. I know we're a bit louder and cantankerous, and just you know, we need to be in your face. If we just take a little leaf out of these guys, I think we would get we could get by as well, man. I feel like I we think could. that's part of the lie, though. I think that's part think of the is? lie that adds into the system. Okay. To say if you were like this, you would yeah. do much better. Much like you said that if you were here, then you would have uh, different salary levels and based yeah, on your education yeah. and all the systemic things set up. You wouldn't be in the house you're in now if you yeah. were here. Yeah. It would be a different story and different setup. But you would be told if you were here. Well, if you would just be quiet, like your friend <laughs> such and such, you'd be quiet like Harry. Then you would have a big house wave. That's true, man. <laughs> like, You're right. What? You're right. It's it, it's kind of oh man. It's so it's so difficult, man. Because in a way, you think to yourself, yeah, could if we really were like that, would we still have? Would we have it? Would it be better for us? Mm. But, you're but right, I do this... a lot of as much as obviously we have cultural practices. We love food and dancing and connecting. I know a lot of black people that are quiet or what you might say humble. I mean. Yeah. A lot of Rastas that I met are very humble yeah, and sure. still systematic oppression keeps yeah. them down. So. And, that, and, that, and that's that's why I said to you, I feel like I'm losing, the, like, because I've been here too long and I'm like, man, I'm comfortable. So if everyone could, you know, everyone could be like me, but actually it's like, no, it isn't, it isn't like that. And I've got to keep reminding myself that no, it doesn't matter how far or how long I live in this country, in this mm. middle class European area, you know. There's, there's still a, there's a there's a war going on, you know, and I gotta make sure I'm still standing up for that war because, like, I don't want to become one of these guys like you know, Candice Owens or someone like this. He's like, no, oh, you know, if you would have just done this, yeah. actually, I do I do feel like that would have been one thing. Though I think, and they don't have, they shouldn't have to, but I think if black people travel more as well, I think that would help them. Mm. It would help them. I think, but that also that I feel some of it, not all, but some of that is partially the result of systemic oppression yeah exactly i also feel like some of the the cultural myths that perpetuate or like oh you don't go there because you could get attacked That's like it, yeah. i remember when i was younger it was like don't go to bulgaria and it's like i've met so many lovely bulgarian people yeah other like no. lived with one like flat shared and things like there's so many that it's like oh I was told something else and I've had yeah. to challenge my own 
like internalized views that I've yeah. been told by older black people that thought they were maybe being protective. But it's like, actually, no, that was a stereotypical prejudicial yeah. view, and yeah. it's not true. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of that people, and you can see where the place it comes from because you wouldn't want a family member to go somewhere to be at minimum emotionally traumatized but mm -hmm. potentially physically attacked victimized potentially a threat to life you wouldn't yeah. want that to happen so i can understand why that protection comes in but also like you say it stops us from venturing and exploring the world yeah so it's not good <laughs> yeah yeah okay so we are going to the next question do we have any more questions yeah there's a few but we can save some for our future guests Okay, okay. So I think one of the key ones I would like to know is let's 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 I'll tell you what, let's do one more mm. and then we'll quit. We can do a part two to this if you want. Yeah, part two. Yeah. Our takes on survival and resilience. Yes. So my last one for today then would be do you think it's nonsensical to remain in that survival and resilience mode if everything is just completely poop in life so literally it's not just the bath leaking like everything's leaking you've lost your job you're getting divorced and everything's going wrong and you've got people like violent neighbors there like just so many different angles of life are completely negative seemingly against you do you think in that situation that it doesn't make sense to think I'm a survivor, I'll get through this? Or do you think it makes complete sense and it will get you through? <laughs> no, I feel like... Carl. Yeah, yeah, you got to... I think survival mode, man, survival mode. Hmm. Like... So you would choose that, then if it was your sister then? Do you think that she would choose something else? She said there was a sister that if she had like some quite heavy loads, she wouldn't necessarily mm. be carrying them in the way that you do. No, but I also feel like you are either like I would say I don't live in survival mode anymore. Mm. Because you you feel comfortable and properly. Yeah, I'm not in survival yeah. mode, I'm in complacency mode now. Like anything <laughs> could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Really? You can't We're cook. Not... You haven't cooked for 30 years now. Yeah, well, not that bad. I ain't that <laughs> <laughs> <I ain't> comfortable. <laughs> um, no personal chef in Germany. No, 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 no. no. Um, <laughs> for example, like, when I, like this is, you know, it's a good example, actually, because like, my wife, mm -hmm. I have to say to her, all, like, all the time, dude, man, you need to get your stuff together, man, because, you know, at some point, if we move to Brazil and you act like this, we're screwed. Mm -hmm. We're going to lose everything. Trust me. What's, she, the, what's the acting like this? Part? Well, like the way she's just like, like she'll leave her stuff lying around and doors open and wallets all mm -hmm. over the place. I'm like, if you ever do that, okay. trust me, in a short time we'll be screwed. So mm -hmm. I think, um, I think people are either in survival mode or not. That's all I would okay. say. I think so you, you have, have survival mode and the survival gene and born into having to have in your yeah. family background. Yes. But then it's just you've laid you put it dormant, but yeah, if you're in dormant. Brazil, it would just be yeah, like, it'll be back. It'll back be back off. in a flash. My I can tap into my survival mode. It doesn't matter just as I need it. Ooh. My wife doesn't have a survival mode. Okay. Her survival mode is so dormant 
something tragic would have to happen for it to be activated. Like she'd have to, like her kids would have to be about to run over. Then yeah, I've seen danger. Yeah, danger. she'd have to be like literally like an edge, a knife edge, and she would it would activate. Apart from that, so she's do you just... think it's linked to privilege? Then you saying that makes me think. Oh, is there an element of if you're privileged, then maybe that survival, that hardiness, that grit, perhaps isn't so much there. Well, I think privileged people have grit as well, but I feel like mm. I think it depends on how many people have. Like if people have always raised to help you mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. stood in front of you and never allowed you to spread your wings, mm. there's no way you survive instantly kicking. True, um, true. But you've heard of people who are probably privileged and been marooned somewhere on an island and have overcome, you know, because yes. it's had to activate. Mm -hmm, so I feel mm -hmm. like I don't think we have a choice whether our survival mode is active or not. I think it's just the situation where we're in. It's mm. gonna put us into one state or the other. You know, if you're in Birmingham, if you're in Birmingham, um yeah. Newtown or Aston at night and there's a rival shootout gang, mm. you're gonna say quickly you're gonna go into survivor mode. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, my wife wouldn't she wouldn't know though, she wouldn't do that. She would she'd be scared, but she'd probably freeze. I'm pretty sure she'd freeze. because ah. she wouldn't know what's so happening. The, um, the evolutionary things yeah. then, like fight flight freeze yeah. now they've added fawn yeah. so your your wife would be in freeze mode do you <laughs> she'd be free she'd freeze i'm okay. pretty sure she'd freeze really. you know it's funny that you say this because <laughs> i feel like i'm living quite a, a privileged lifestyle in comparison to where i came from and yeah. living near birmingham west midlands and not that it's all rough <laughs> for viewers uh listeners it's not all rough <laughs> but from where i was it was you know similar and I would be locking doors and not leaving things and not having my phone out. And I feel like where I am now, I'm certainly not in a detached home, but in a quiet <laughs> area. I can leave things outside. Bikes can get left outside, scooters, anything, everything, yeah. car unlocked and stuff. But I think that I've become slightly complacent. And sure. I was walking on my phone the other day and I was close to the city and I was like, oh my God, I'm back in the city. What am I doing? <laughs> and I really <laughs> like, oh yeah, I've been sitting in privilege. But I think because I come from there, it was, oh, like that, like you say, it kicks in. And if somebody would have tried to attack me or something going on, I feel like I would have had that hypervigilance kick right back. Yeah, sure, sure. And sure. I would have been aware. But no. in that moment, I was in my blissful bubble, like I'm walking around Warwickshire. No. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> no. So, yeah. I also feel like being in survival mode is has so many negative impacts on your character. Mm. You know, like if you see people walking, like especially among us black people, you know, these guys are walking around with, a, you know, lip long and mm. got a problem. You got a problem, yeah, yo, yo, man. Get out of that survival yeah. mode, man. You're good. Yeah, you're, you're not good. supposed to live in it. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, um, you're right. Because then it's just it's a negative impact impact and it, it's not living because yeah. we're supposed to flourish, we're supposed to grow, we're supposed to have joy, not yeah. just trauma and pain. So if you're yeah, staying there and living in it, then that's no good on there. Like I can't even imagine how their internal health is. But then like you were talking about meditation, I'm like, how much must be buzzing around the mind? So even if it was at the point of sitting down how long would it take to kind of be out and be in another realm that 
might take years for someone mm. in that state of hypervigilance and yeah. having experienced probably multiple traumas to get mm. to that calm zen zone it, it would take years of practice takes takes years takes years mm. if you're not in there now mm. look i came from when i when i left england i was i wasn't as much in survival mode i've always tried mm. to work and make money mm -hmm. but I, was, I was aware that it wasn't it was never really comfortable it was always mm -hmm. a struggle mm. you know so it took me i came to germany and i had to stay in survival mode when i was in germany obviously because i just left england and i didn't have anything here mm -hmm. um and i would say it takes about eight to ten years before you can really be like you heal yourself eight mm. to ten years you get healed after eight to ten years you can be like Okay, I don't have to be in survival mode anymore. No one's coming to get me. No one's wow. going to kill me, or you know, there's not gonna be any gang violence, you know. And That's a lot. That is like nearly a decade of life. Yeah, That's okay, a yeah. Lot. But when you think about the, the 20 years before, mm. I was probably pretty much in survival mode. I got 11 years of bullying. Yeah, yeah. Then I went to some rough schools, the like Queensbridge, mm. you know, then Charlotte wasn't too bad. Then I went to rugby. So rugby was the first time where I thought, oh, I don't really need to be survival right. mode here. I can right. flourish a little bit. Mm. Still racist though. Yeah. You know? But so you, you didn't really know back then. then. Yeah, you didn't know back then though, but you realise now, like, I don't know, racist? Yeah, but you know, casual racism. Yeah, yeah. Under the radar. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And then you went back to then we went back to Birmingham, so I was automatically back into survivor mode. Mm. You know, looking out for your family, making sure everyone's all right, you know, and stuff. And you're like, okay, we're going to survive. And we're surviving. That's where the saying comes. How you doing? I'm surviving. Survival yeah. mode. And then, um, yeah, then I left England. I, I always knew. I was always like, I need to get out of England. Mm -hmm, I need to. Mm -hmm. So remember, my plan was to go to California first before I ended up in, landed in, in Deutschland, Germany. Mm -hmm. um, I was planning to go to, and I think in California, I probably would have been survival mode too. But I feel like mm -hmm. I would have ended up very successful or dead. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That was the only option. It's another, so. another extension of the fast-paced consumerist yeah. kind yeah. of lifestyle. Unless you yeah. get like really in with the niche crowds and yeah. the Zen surfers and that side of things, then yeah, that probably would have been tough. So you're definitely yeah. where you're supposed to be. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. when you say that about always knowing, and maybe that's part of the resilience and the survival but knowing that you need it to turn to thriving away from yeah. surviving yeah. i felt like every time when as soon as people would talk about you know getting a house or getting whatever after high school i always knew that i didn't want to be in the, where i was in the west midlands it was no i don't belong here i'm not yeah. gonna be here so yeah mm. no no so Right. Did I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, well, partly not, but we, yeah, we, no. went, we went off into a different <laughs> pathway. But yeah, is it nonsense, <laughs> nonsensical? Should you not remain resilient or in survival mode when everything is falling up to pieces in your life? But you were like, it's straight up survival mode. So yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So I didn't so, answer yeah, the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like to me, I feel like it's just, you don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. You're always going to be switched on to the environment you're around. 
That's it. If you're in part of a gang, <laughs> yeah, and everything's like there's a shootout. I mean, at that yeah. moment, you might be like, you know, I'm gonna remain cool and not be instinctual about things. I'm just gonna, you know, get shot. Mm-hmm. And even in the kind of like the less uh, immediate physical danger, but that whole well, if there's no food and then I've got to balance this bill and do that, like, yeah. you have no choice. You yeah. have to just keep doing it. You have to do it. You have to go to work more. You have to be like, okay, I've got 10,000 or for me, for example, I've got a 3,000 euro bill I've got to pay from nothing, mm-hmm. just came out of nowhere. Now I've got to pay three grand to some guys I don't know for something that happened five years ago. I'm like, great, three grand, man, straight, just, just painful. Just, poof. I could just put that in the toilet. It would be the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and now I'm gonna be like, okay, now I'm gonna have to work more mm-hmm. to, to make up. That just sets me back three grand. The three grand I was close to getting to Brazil with is now three <laughs> grand less. You're not leaving Germany. <laughs> not yet. So you think, no, no, I'm definitely not. Definitely not leaving for now. Now mm-hmm. I'm gonna need to work another month to get that money back. Killing yeah. it. <laughs> so when you have no choice, you have no choice. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's it. I'm gonna have to put this into part two. Then, does privilege give more choices? Mm. I'm yeah. gonna be doing some research. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's do um because we've gone on a little long. Yeah, an hour and sixteen minutes. I mean, I could probably go on for another two hours, but I'm thinking it's getting late. Yes, time to and, sleep uh, before the family arrives. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if anyone's actually awake. Someone else more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And let's um yeah, let's end it there. Yeah. And we'll catch up. Maybe, maybe next week we can do part two. Yes, indeed. And uh I'll be doing some reaching out and try and find some of those lovely survivors. But yeah, great to hear your survival stories though. Yeah, always, <laughs> always. Uh-huh. All right. Um well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Stay safe, lock your doors. <laughs> I don't need to. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't need to. Check your picture phone up and uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> bye bye bye. Goodbye. Take care. Good bye. night. Bye. <laughs> bye.